Anthony here, and man, today's episode was super exciting because we talked to uh, Jack's very first advanced sommelier, uh, actually pursuing his master sommelier. Uh, super fun because this guy was, he was edgy, he was educated, and he was a little funky, right? He, like, he, the dude didn't hold punches, man. He was, he definitely was not the kind of person that holds their nose in the air. I had to say I was a little worried it was going to be a little boring just because I'm not into wine, but this guy is just a couple dudes oh he's cool as shit yeah it's exactly what he is and he is able to extract really big topics that maybe you're not interested in and relate them to life in so many different ways oh yeah yeah absolutely and uh the cool thing about jason you know he's the sommelier and the wine director at uh, maple and ash maple and ash is actually still open uh, if you're here in the phoenix area it's right off camelback road you can even get wine to go they even you know you can even use like uber eats and grubhub and all that stuff so uh and he's he's going to be there and other sommeliers are there as well so if you really want to pair a wine with the food that you get to go uh you can definitely do that yeah he's your man uh you can go to maplenash.com i'm going to give it a shot when they're open hopefully covid's over soon because i'm ready to eat good Oh, and yeah. drink good. Uh, and that's all they do is a high quality. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. It's going to be a fun one. Hey, everybody. This is Anthony with Just a Couple Dudes Podcast, a.k.a. Jacked Podcast. With me today is... Yes, Frank Lewandowski III is here, uh, back in the house. Took a little hiatus, but the third wheel is back in action. <laughs> there we go. And also with us today, Eric is with us. How are you with us today? Oh, I'm actually uh, with you mobile, so I'm in my car right now, but I still made it. So this is Eric Flattiger, your co-host. Yeah, and with us today, I'm really excited about this one because the boys are talking about wine. Uh, so with me today is uh, Jason Caballero, and uh, he's the wine director and uh, advanced sommelier at Maple and Ash, a steakhouse here in Scottsdale. Uh, why don't you say what's up to everybody, Jason? Hey, hello. How's everyone doing? Oh, we're doing good, man. So uh, what, what you doing right now? You got a drink with you? Are you drinking wine this early? I know you got work later. But. <laughs> uh, no wine, actually. I'm, I'm having a Topo Chico, uh, keeping it pretty boring. But Ooh, actually, I don't even I, know. I, I, okay, you're going to have to explain uh, what that is, actually. Okay, so, well, it's, it's literally just like a sparkling mineral water uh, that comes from Monterey, Mexico. I know everyone says don't drink the water, um, but this one's really good. Uh, I have some obsession with forced carbonation on beverages, so, yeah, really, really, really good soda water, basically. Oh, man, I'm the same way. I actually stopped drinking beer for, it was like a good six months, and I was craving carbonation, so I didn't know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, every now and then it works. I mean, it's not, you know, I can't get housed on champagne and then go into work, so. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can. It's just <laughs> your your effectiveness might be a little down, right? Because you're in a fancy spot, man. you got to be on cue, I would assume, like all the time. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of things you got to make sure of. You know, you're, uh, there's kind of a responsibility you have with, um, you know, people's money and, and, you know, you're helping them spend it and everything else and making sure they get their value. So, so you don't want to be too much of a jackass, so. Absolutely, dude. I like it. I, I do yeah, like that. I told you we were gonna like. It. We were like, oh, this guy seems really cool. Yeah, he's a professional guy that takes his job seriously, <laughs> yeah. and his job revolves around booze. Oh yeah, I mean, it's How a pretty. Cool it's a okay. So yeah, why don't we, why don't we talk about uh, you for a second? Why don't you explain what a sommelier is and what you do and how you got gotcha. there? Okay. Wow. All right. Well, let's let's unpack it here. So sommelier. So essentially, it's. Um, well, a sommelier should be responsible for everything in a restaurant, everything, uh, you know, wet, everything you drink, basically all beverages in the restaurant uh, should be under their uh, kind of their, their direct, you know, world, if you will. Um, so whether it be wine, spirits, beer, sake, um, you know, you kind of you got to kind of have a little bit of, of knowledge in everything, um, which is pretty good. Uh, I, I think the other most important part that a lot of sommeliers tend to forget is, is you're, it's a position of service. You know, you're there. Mm-hmm to really help people out. They're coming in, they're relying on you and, and you know, you kind of owe it to them, you know, to, to be on your game, to be your best, you know, to, to make their experience, you know? Um, let's see, what was the other part of the question there? How did I get into this whole thing? Okay, so 
I, I don't really know anyone that comes out and they're like, oh my God, that looks awesome. You know, when I was a kid, I saw backdraft. I wanted to be a firefighter, right? I mean, it makes sense, but there's yeah, really no, no one, no one grows up like, yeah, I want to be a sommelier one day. <laughs> <laughs> right. You still probably aren't yeah. even saying the word right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you guys are, you're not putting an N in there. There's, you get a lot of sommelier or, or Somalian is really good. I'm like, well, I'm not from Africa, but, um, <laughs> so, so there's a lot of that that happens, but, uh, yeah. So how I got into it, um, so originally I was studying to be, I wanted to do rocket propulsion is what I want to do with. I was an engineering physics double major at U of A. Um, and, and that was it. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to revolutionize interstellar travel. I'm going to be a, a, a fucking dork. I'm not going to you know, meet anyone. I'm going to have this awesome lab and, and this is going to be my life. Right. And, uh, about when I was just about to finish, it was a five-year double major. Um, I freaked out, you know, I was like, oh my God, is this what I want to do? I've been working so hard towards this. Uh, I played a little rugby also at U of A, so it was pretty fun. So there's that little bit of edge and everything else. Uh, but I was like, oh my I God. never thought one day I would talk to a sommelier that played rugby. That is such a <laughs> rough and tumble. Everyone I meet that plays rugby is a little crazy. Uh, yeah, it, it also takes, you need to screw loose to be a, to be a good sommelier also. So I guess there's kind of that yeah, connection, so but, sense, right? yeah, but I like this. Uh, thank you. But there's, there's not really a future in rugby. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to be doing anything with that. Um, as, as much fun as it is and you know, everything else It's just, it, it's just not big in this country, you know, to, to make it. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so I just, I had some major doubts. I was working in restaurants at the time. Uh, so I literally, uh, just made a decision to not, not go forward. You know, everything I'd been training and working for, I, I didn't, I haven't done anything with those credentials or anything else, uh, since I, I haven't done any, any lick of, of engineering work or physics work or anything professionally. Um, so yeah, I literally just kind of, you know, just kind of turned around on it and I was, I'm a bit of a committophobe cause, cause when I do kind of commit to something i'll see it through to the bitter end and i knew with this one i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this till i'm 65 and i'm gonna be old and and you know i don't want to have doubts and everything so uh-huh. so, so I what just, year of college uh jason did you did you say i'm done uh this this was like i was just about to finish my fifth so so it would have been uh it would have been five years into my double major so this was 2000 geez 2003 2004 um, did you receive the degrees or no, I didn't. I, I left before. I, I, I knew that if I got them, that I would, that that would be it. This is what I do with my life. And, and I knew that I had, uh, you know, it, if I wanted to make any sort of change or do anything else, I couldn't do that. Cause once I think just like everything else, you get comfortable in life, right? You know, you know, you have it, you know, it's there. Okay. I'll do this. You know, I worked hard for it. And then, you know, the, the guilt factor, but I knew I didn't want to do that. My old man's an, an engineer and, you know, I kind of did it for him, but it wasn't really for me so much so so i I just knew i had to do something really radical or else that's the path i was going down and the big one was like i don't know three weeks before everything's done like you know what i'm done (laughs) that is that is so cool i just think it's so cool because we value uh we overvalue degrees in our society right and that's completely understood now it's becoming more and more commonplace and you were so close to getting these titles like engineer and physicist like that's just pretty cool right Mm -hmm. my panties drop (laughs) and um you know you you made this decision to go all right i'm going to go into something that doesn't necessarily require a degree and you're more probably more successful more happy now Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, or I'd like to think so. Who knows? But um, yeah, I, I totally think that this is uh, this is kind of the calling, and it's great. And one of the biggest parts I like is paying it forward and, and really helping out and teaching is a big part of it. And you know, there's something about instant feedback. You know, okay, let's say I did end up going to NASA and I ended up working in all these things, and I mean, it could be years out until you see any sort of result or any sort of feedback or if anything works or if it didn't. Every night I get to see if, if I made someone's experience, if, if, if the wine I chose to go with their meal, you know, knock their socks off, whatever happened, you know, I get emails back. I get calls back. People come back and request. I mean, it's, it's kind of instant gratification, which I know a lot of times we don't mm-hmm. crave, but I feel like in this sense, it's very healthy and it's very good. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. You're helping make somebody, it's not even just a meal. It's a complete experience and you're helping them get that. So it's definitely, I could definitely see that being rewarding. Yeah. And then, and then even outside of the restaurant, you know, there's a, you know, there's a whole, God, there's, there's a, like a whole, I don't know, subculture you'd call it or whatever of, of up and coming sommeliers. And then seeing all the light bulbs go off with them and helping them understand how to get better. And, 
you know, and, and complex concepts. And I think the biggest appeal, why I was just, so, all right, so let's, let's backtrack a little. So leave college. I, I was bartending at the time. Um, you know, and I was also working at a welding shop, oddly enough, because I felt like it'd keep me in shape in rugby. So I was, I was kind of in a little bit of everything, but you know what? You sound like us where I feel like we're all kind of like, like Jack of all trades. We just, it's hard for us to sell ourselves to just one specific thing. We just like to dabble in a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And it's, and that's a funny thing about, okay, so master sommelier is a designation, right? It's, you know, it's, it is pretty prestigious. It's pretty good. Kind of the dirty secret of it, though, is that everyone's like, oh, you have to know every little thing about everything in the wine world. And it's like, all right, let's let's come back to reality a little bit. You know, it's you're like a very, very, very high level jack of all trades about the world of wine. Right. I mean, because to sit there and say that, you know, everything, I don't know, Italy. Right. There's I mean, uh, there's there's thousands of, of grapes, grape synonyms, everything else that are out there. I mean for you to know the intricacies of every single one. And we're not even taking into account everything that goes into how you're raising your vinifera, what you're doing in the vineyards, you know, what you're doing for cooperage, you know, it's, there's a million decisions and everything else. And I know every little square inch of everything. I mean, it's pretty impossible. You could spend your whole life on one country and not even get it all. So, so the Jack of all trades really is applicable to the sommelier, if that makes any sense. No, it does. Uh, Cause I always wondered that myself because a lot of what I know about wine and stuff is I have an aunt who I, I consider a wine collector. She has near uh, like 500 bottles of wine and, um, and then the documentary Psalm, Psalm into the bottle. And then, uh, that do- I don't know if you watched the documentary of sour grapes, but as far as that, like uh, you said, you have, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Rudy's nice. A, Rudy's a beast. <laughs> Dude, he is insane. If you guys, if you haven't watched that documentary, it is very, very interesting. It basically, it basically talks a lot about counterfeit wine too. Yeah, and it's a, it, that's a it's a prevalent problem. People don't don't realize how often you know it occurs. It's 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 very prevalent. Oh yeah, I'm sure, and I'm sure that's a challenge for you as someone who has to taste this and know these wines and stuff like that. So I'm sure that's a little hurdle you'll sometimes face, I guess. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, as the old saying goes, right? They say they say more bottles of '82 Petrus are sold every year than are than were ever made, right? And it's, uh, you know, but there is some truth to that. You know, there's, uh, you know, you got to really be careful on, on where you're getting a lot of these bottles from, and. And where it's coming from. So, uh, you know, I love the idea of, you know, me tasting it and knowing, but a lot of times, you know, I don't know, 82 Petrus, that could, you know, we're up into the maybe, you know, eight, 10,000 a bottle. Um, wow. You know, so, somewhere in that echelon. So it, <laughs> I, I think my owners would discourage me just, yeah, I'm going to make sure this is legit. I'll just buy one for me to try. So. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. So I, I know I kind of took us on a tangent there. Um, so, yeah. So you were a bartender at the time. Yes. And, All right. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for that. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very uh, digressive. So you're going to have to bring me back to center. So I apologize. Oh, we're the same way. That's why we love it. So, <laughs> right. Down the rabbit hole. So, um, so yeah. So I was bartending at the time. Uh, I didn't know anything about wine at, at this point. Right. I, I just knew uh, at this point I was like, you know what? I have to get out of Tucson because I was down there going to school. Um, and I ended up uh, with a buddy of mine. We moved up here. This was December of 2004, up to Tempe. Um, lived at this place called the Saddle Club. This is, you know, anyways, uh, anyhow, in Tempe. We were there for a little while. I had a bunch of fun at the bars, did everything else. Um, and I finally got a, got a crack. I opened Olive and Ivy, uh, which is in Scottsdale. Uh, Sam Fox, now not owned by them anymore, Cheesecake Factory or whatever has it now. Um, but I uh, got to start there, um, you know, still bartending. I didn't really know much about wine. And they had an advanced sommelier at the time there that I met. His name was Kyle Erickson, a uh, really incredible guy. And then Regan Jasper was their uh, their beverage director. So it was um, as incoming staff, you know, they had you learn a little bit more and and something just clicked when they did it. So mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved the nuts and bolts of things. I was kind of that kid. You take things apart. You see how it works. You know, I, I loved that that concept. And Wine, the best way to describe wine is it's it's like drinking the ocean a cup at a time. You're not going to get it all, but there is so much to dive into and so much to get into. And the more you learn, the more you realize early on, like, holy shit, I, I don't know anything about wine. Yeah, it's like one of those things, the more you learn, the more you the more you realize, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And to me, that was super appealing about the whole thing is I was like, man, I could – you know, it's kind of like kind of like Taoism, right? You spend your whole life understanding something that you're never going to understand, but people still do it, right? And and to me, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to rake a gravel pit the rest of my life, this is the one I want to rake, you know? And 
and something just hit and that was it. Poor guy. I assaulted him with a thousand questions a day. I wanted to learn everything about the world of wine as, as quickly as I could. Um, you know, and I just, I, I was insatiable getting books, reading, you know, studying, tasting, you know, just really kind of learning. Um, I took a little hiatus, uh, from the, from the Psalm and wine thing from 08 to 11, um, ended up getting pretty serious with my girlfriend who's now my wife. Oh, um, nice. How long have you yeah. guys been married? Oh man, we got married. Uh, okay. She's going to be upset. If she's hearing this, uh, 12, 12 of 08. And the reason we picked December 12th is to make sure that we, uh, you know, that, Basically, didn't forget, right? So, yeah, exactly. of ways, like right? 13 days before Christmas. I will never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, actually, that, that's a good, good. I like that. It's a good way to, to kind of keep up with it. So, anyways, oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so I had some doubts about that, you know, did some other stuff, uh, did real estate for a little bit. It was awful. Um, you know, the, the customer service part of it was really big, but there was, you know, you're kind of limited and, and there's a lot of legal liability and I don't, I don't believe in half-assing anything, you know, and if I can do something to help someone, um, I, I'd rather do that. And a lot of times it, it gave you liability. So that was a, uh, that was a big problem I had with it, you know, is mm-hmm. that am I doing everything for them? Am I this and that? And, you know, I, I was willing to cut up commissions and do all this other stuff because I really wanted to, you know, just, just be the best, anything I could be, best human, best person. Um, and they kind of discouraged that. So, so I, you know, that, that I, I, Ended up not doing that. I stayed in restaurants the whole way through it. And finally, in 2011, uh, I came on at a Vintage 95, a place in Chandler, um, owned by Craig and Trisha Hills, amazing people, um, and, and ended up, uh, you know, it was like, you know what? This is uh, this is it. This is uh, this is what I want to do. I, I started this in 06, um, and now I want to finish it. Uh, so 11, I got very serious about going with Court of Master Sommeliers. Uh, by 2013, I had my uh, so August of 2013, I got my intro. In November of 2013, I got my certified, and then March of 2017, I, I passed my advanced finally, which is uh, just pretty nice. And then July 21st of this year, I'll be sitting the master's exam for the third time. <laughs> Hopefully, I can get over that hump. Hey, um, hey Jason, can you? Because we don't really know anything about this, so can you give us a, just a quick rundown of what it takes for the schooling or the certifications? Sure. So, uh, okay. So, so first off the court of master sommeliers, um, it's not really, uh, it's not really a school per se that they're like an accrediting body. So I feel like this kind of aligns with everyone's idea about, uh, like we were talking about earlier about education, right? You know, you don't necessarily need an education, but you do need knowledge at anything you do in life. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, so this one's really good. So they set it up to where they, uh, they basically test your prowess, um, they test your skills. Um, they basically examine to see if you're up to snuff or whatever level it is you're doing, and then you know, kind of give that designation. So there's there's a little bit of a course. Uh, so level one is your introductory sommelier. Uh, you know, it's it's so much fun. If people uh, haven't done it or on the fence, do it. It's uh, it's some of the most fun you'll ever have, and you will learn so much about wine in two days. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, know, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, they have, you know, first you're seeing a bunch of master sommeliers, which at that point is, is pretty ubiquitous. And I think there's still 269, uh, something like that in the whole world. So that there's not a lot of them. Um, you know, so, so they're there teaching you this course. You're trying all these wines. They're kind of showing the beginnings of blind tasting, you know, what the world's all about. It's just you're kind of a kid in a candy store. It's totally awesome. Um, then when you go level two, which would be certified, uh, it, it's just an exam. So three parts at that point. So how long does one, it take to get to the level two right there? Level two. So, uh, I mean, it kind of depends on the person. Uh, there's some people that, that take it back to back. Literally, they'll go take the intro and then take the certified the next day. Obviously, they've prepared for this beforehand. Yeah. Um, people have. I'd say if someone started, okay, so someone didn't know anything about wine, decided, you know what? I want to get my level two. I want to be a certified sommelier. I mean, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. If you took a year and you really, you know, you really work, you could do it. You know, it's, uh, it's totally doable, you know? So that one has three parts. So we're, uh, the introductory is only theory. So you take a 70 question test. It's all multiple choice. If you pass, then, uh, you get a pin, you get your level one, and then, you know, you're kind of an introductory sommelier, right? Level two is, uh, there's no classroom. It's just the exam, uh, which is three parts. So you're going to have service tasting and theory, um, theory still going to be written, your tasting is going to be written and then service. They, uh, you know, basically make you serve a table. 
open up a bottle of wine, talk about things, try not to be too much of a jackass. Don't, uh, you know, don't yeah. embarrass yourself. Don't do anything weird. And you see all sorts of cool stuff. People spilling wines and everyone, you know, bottles exploding out of their hand and, and going across the room because they didn't have their hand under it. You know, you kind of. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I've seen it on a restaurant floor one time. It's uh, every anytime I'm always teaching anyone to open a bottle of wine, a bottle of champagne specifically. I'm like, listen, hand on the bottom, hand on the top. Do not deviate from that. Because someone was opening it. They had the hand on the neck, hand on the top. And you'd think the cork goes shooting out, no big deal, when a bottle went rocketing out from them. You know, they'd have this mortified look. Oh. Kind of clanged its way into the middle of the dining room and started doing pirouettes and showered a few tables. So, Holy, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, afterwards, it's hysterical. But at the time of, you know, you definitely clench your cheeks and you're like, oh, my God, someone's going to die. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so you get to see all that fun stuff in that one. Uh, for the third, um, so for advanced, it's kind of split. You have the advanced course, which is necessary to take. Uh, so real quick, so as I said, about a, uh, a year you can get probably to take in your certified. The way things are set up now, the way it's competitive, the level necessary, I'd say from passing your certified, you're probably looking before you can even sit the level three exam, not, not, uh, let alone taking it, you're probably realistically two to three years out from passing, which is, uh, which is, is definitely a recent change. I'd say within the last 10 years, um, before, you know, it was, you wanted to take it. It was once a year, you could probably get in now it's, uh, there's, there's a long wait list. There's a, there's a whole process. It's not, it's not as easy, you know, to get in and, and get to take this. And then the master's exam, you have to be invited to take, so you can't even, apply you can't you can you can submit intent which says if you invite me i will accept but they still they have to invite you to take the master's exam so yeah that's amazing that means you have to be pretty active in the wine community to even be noticed yeah it's uh yeah yeah to a certain point it's uh it's kind of funny though once you kind of get into it it's uh it's a little smaller than um then you kind of realize it's got a little bit of that, like it's a bigger city, but you kind of know everyone kind of feel, you know, like you just, sure. you start to learn sommeliers everywhere, you know, uh, oh, you're going to Baltimore here. I know this sommelier, go to this place, go to that place, go wherever, San Francisco or wherever it is, or even internationally. You just, you guys all, uh, most of the sommeliers tend to know each other, you know, whether it's either on guild somewhere being nerds or at exams, you meet them. You just, it, it's, it, it's kind of, it's a nice tight knit community, which is, which is amazing, you know? Oh, sorry. We were so, talking to my buddy, Eric. Uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I can imagine it'd be a tight uh, knit community because it's such an elite thing to know that much because, you know, like I said, you know, you got to be a jack of all trades and uh, about your wines and where they come from. Um, but at the same time, like you've got to know a lot of information. I feel like you've got to learn every single day as well. So I can naturally see that becoming a tight knit group. Yeah, it's a, yeah, you kind of commiserate with everyone about, oh, my God, this is miserable, but it's worth it. And there is a lot. Like right now, I'm probably about three to four hours a day of study, usually two when I get up, two, two before I go to bed or spent just just diving in, keeping everything fresh, keeping everything good. <laughs> That's wild. You do you do that every day, man? Roughly. I mean, I'll, I'll take a day off, you know, every week, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, I'm a, it's, it's hey, a look, lot. I'm a, I'm a nurse practitioner. I, I, you know, treat people with all kinds of medical conditions. I, and stuff, and I don't, I don't spend that much time. Like I, I do, guys, I do spend a lot of time researching and refreshing and stuff like that but i can't say i spend as much time as jason does with wine so uh, God, wow. trust me I, I can't wait to burn flashcards and drink beer for a while you know oh, it's, uh, it's coming that's what i was about to say i like man can you even enjoy a glass of wine now or does it feel like work <laughs> you know what's funny you can't and that's it's it's so hard you know uh you know oh you, no yeah you have a glass of wine and you're sitting there thinking like oh what's the structure i've never had this what's going on and it's uh you kind of can't just sit there and like hey just Let's just get wasted. Let's get white girl wasted today. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way, you know. Have you drank? Wine Do you think out you could equate that? What was that? If I drank wine out of a out of a can, have you have you done that yet? I, I have. I, I've, yeah, canned wines are cool, man. It's uh, you know, to okay. totally fun. You know, if you're meant to just kind of quaff it, and and it's funny, it's meant to just drink it and not think about it, and you're still you're still dissecting it as a sommelier. You know, whoa, what did they do? What's going on with it? So, yeah, I mean, I was just gonna ask, uh, would you almost equate that to like getting a PhD? Uh, you know what? Uh, in a certain in a certain respect, I think I would. Um, it's not – so how do you put it? I mean obviously you don't have to deal with a dissertation, which is – I mean that's that's a bear all in itself. Um, you know, but there's 
the amount of knowledge and everything you need. And the one thing the exam is really good about is it is it really it really kind of it, one it beats you into shape. You know, it it really it forces you to look at everything because the exam can be on anything. There's not there's no bounds really. Um, I mean, the, you know, they want to pick salient things that that guests will be concerned with or things that are important to the wine world and why wines taste the way they do. Um, you know, so so there's not a lot of wine trivia, wine esoterica per se. Um, but it can be anywhere in the world. You know, if we want to talk about Ningxia province, which is in China, you know, you better be prepared to, to speak on that, you know, and then immediately switch gears to New Zealand or, you know, move on to wherever else. And, and you, you need to be able to have kind of the wherewithal to be able to have all this neatly organized in your head, but also equally you can access this at any time. So, so I think a lot of the difficulty lies there. And that's just a theory part, you know, then there's tasting, you know, so you literally have to dice uh, decipher all these things in blind tasting. What's the wine telling you, you know, what's going on? What do these pieces of evidence do? And uh, I think the biggest difference a lot of people think is they hear blind tasting, you know, oh, it's some parlor trick and it's cool. And, and some part of it, it, it is, it is kind of cool, you know, to pick up a wine and okay, this makes sense where it is. But I'd say it's more like guess who than it is, um, like remembering a wine, like, oh my God, I've had this, this tastes like you, you almost, to be a good blind taster, you want to never do that. You know, uh, you mentioned nurse practitioner, right? You know, you probably wouldn't look at someone, you know, oh, they have jaundice, it has to be this, right? There, there's a whole bunch of other things that, that need to go into that, right? Um, and the same thing kind of with, with blind tasting, you know, you need, it's like a Sudoku puzzle. You need to do the work every time, every wine is individual and then kind of figure out what's going on and then, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, pucker your butt take a shot, take a guess at what it is. And hopefully you're right. Dude. Uh, you know, it's so funny. You're talking about these, you know, blind tastings and stuff is I didn't even know they had stuff like this, but you actually are in like, you do like, I don't even know if you call them competitions where you're doing blind taste, uh, taste tests with people. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's something set up where, where they do that, you know, and, and there's a whole myriad of songs that are like, Oh, they should make this a TV show and they should do blind tasting competitions. And, and I, I think it's a little too nerdy who knows, but, um, but yeah, there's uh, there, you know, and then you'll have a lot of friendly competition, you know, out in the SOM world and everything else. And, and obviously it being a part of the exam itself, you know, it's, uh, you know, so before this whole, before the whole COVID thing went nuts, we were, uh, we were meeting twice a week, you know, uh, tasting, um, you know, we one day spent mentoring everyone kind of, uh, you know, kind of below and, and ascending. And then one day for us just to get together, run through a flight of six and, and see how many we can get, see all the information we can get out of it. Jason, I do got some specific questions, just kind of thinking. Um, Perfect. What's it like to deal with high clientele? Because I was looking at the wine list and a $400 bottle is not your, probably your average Joe. So. All right. So, okay. Well, fuck it. Gloves are off, right? So it, uh, it, it can go kind of either way, right? Um, uh, I'm like excited for this answer. <laughs> I know, right? I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> some part of me is wondering how diplomatic I should be here. Um, so let's let's start with a good. So there's, uh, I'd say a, a large proportion of your people that are spending that money, they're usually really nice. They're usually really pleasant. Um, they want to share the wine with you. They really want to learn more, you know, and, and they kind of respect the knowledge base and everything you have. And those people are great. And that's, I'd say that's a lot of them, but there's probably a good 15%. And I feel like we're going to focus more on them, right? Um, that aren't so nice, that aren't, aren't so good, that aren't so pleasant, that uh, who knows what happened, they, you know, and, and who knows? It could have been that one time that they got in a fight, something didn't go right. And, you know, they want to abuse the sommelier per se, and, and you're going to have that. And that's fine, you know? Um you know, and there's some that are, you know, really, uh, do you know who I am? Do you know how much money I have? Blah, 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 blah. I, you know, I, 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 I fucking valeted a, a goddamn Rolls Royce. You know, how are you, uh, you know, how are you talking about this? And you'll have people that'll, that'll tell you that. And you're like, oh, you don't say it. That's awesome. You know, and yeah, so, good so, for you. Yeah. yeah I know. You have a Corolla right. and it, uh, yeah. you know, gets you from A to B. But, yeah. Uh, it's got air conditioning. <laughs> and I do there actually drive AC. a Corolla 2015, baby. <laughs> Congrats. Do you see? That's awesome. I love it. You know, versus, right. and, and it's just, it's a lot of that and you deal with that and they will, uh, they'll, I mean, some of them, they, they're out for blood. You know, oh, you couldn't hack it at a real job. That's why you're at a restaurant and they'll, they'll insult you, you know, and, and you're like, man, I'm just trying to get you one, dude. I'm trying to, Golly, to that's insane. So, but that's, that's in the very small minority. You don't see a lot of that. Most people are very pleasant. And unfortunately, that's a part of life. That's a part of the industry. So 
built into the exams, they'll have someone difficult at your table that'll that'll just push your buttons and they're trying to they're trying to fuck with you and you know because because in a real restaurant if that's happening you know as much fun as it would be to go all wwf and break a chair on someone you know you gotta you know take a breath you know assess the situation see what's going on you know kind of decelerate sometimes you have to give a little bit okay you know what my fault you're right i'm a jackass i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about this isn't the wine for you how about i get you this instead and I'll get you this appetizer to go with something. And there's things you have to do. You have to always have some sort of grace, um, despite what you want to do. Sometimes you really want to tell people off, and but you really can't. So, um, oh, I'm sure. Part- I mean, that's just like the food industry in general. I mean, that, that was my first <laughs> jobs growing up, and I remember that. And you know, power to you because that was like the the thing I hated the most about the job it was just like, oh my gosh, I like have to have on my happy face at all times. It feels like. And, and you do, you do. And it's, it's really sad. There's uh, you know, it's, that's something I think that's not talked about at all with restaurants is there's, there's a lot of people that go out and they just want to be miserable and it makes them feel good. Right. And, and they feel because you, you know, they're tipping you or they're paying you that, that you're kind of a second class citizen and, and they can let you have it. And there's, there's a good proportion of people that do have to deal with that, you know, and it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, I'd say the majority of the time though, you know, nine out of 10, you have very pleasant, very happy people. They love it. They want to share the wine with you and that's to me the catharsis part of it's way worth it you know so oh yeah that's awesome that's really good to hear yeah Yeah. i know you were even kind of talking about the wine about like how it's like you're bringing life to a bottle because not only like do are you talking about the wine these are the some of the this will go with your meal or go with your appetizer very well um you know and then you're talking about when it was and stuff and then a lot of times there's even like a story behind that specific bottle like you know at this specific vineyard you know here in burgundy there was a it was a hard winter you know and it's just really fun like to just oh, man. really bring a you're hired experience. i like that that was good no it's it's cool because it gets me excited like i'm saying like i'm not i enjoy wine you know and i i do like searching for the other flavors and stuff like that but uh i'm nowhere near your level that's why i didn't even bother bringing a bottle of wine to like be drinking during this podcast because <laughs> i was like oh dude this dude could just totally be like oh he's one of those because oh, i didn't know you at the time and now i'm like oh man i could have had like a ten dollar bottle of wine and you'd have been like nice Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, whatever it is, I mean, ultimately you, I mean, you have to like it. I'm not drinking it. Right. So, you know, and if, you know, if that's what you like, get in there. Oh yeah. Big time. Um, I have a question too. Um, it's kind of a two parter. One's just a silly little one. Uh, are there any local sports guys like Larry Fitzgerald or Carson Palmer back in the day, someone like that, who's really big in the wine that you got to serve. And then part of your service What's kind of your favorite thing that you get to provide with people or, you know, can you speak more to that? Just, being able to provide like a really, cause they're spending a lot of money, right? Sometimes four or $500 for a bottle. And then, so what's your favorite part of being able to provide a level of service? Gotcha. Okay. So local, um, one that was really big for a while, he played for the Suns was PJ Tucker. Um, you know, he's on the Rockets now, you know, every now and then I, you know, try to try to message over and he's still got some friends in the, in the city and everything. That guy really knows Burgundy. I was really, I was, I was impressed. I was like, damn, this guy actually has, you know, he knows what he's talking about. Most people you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Whatever, dude, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but he, uh, you know, he really like, he kind of had his shit together and knew what was going on. Um, he was very nice, spends money, um, and he'll share wine with you and everything else. So, so PJ Tucker was really cool. Really liked him. Uh, we used to get the Cardinals in uh, all the way around. Uh, was it Darren College? Uh, he was actually part of three fat guys. It was a project out of Washington um, that him and two other football players had that they were uh, they were running. So he used to come in and he'd always, Jason, what are we having? What are we going to get? And they, I mean, they'd go pretty lights out. You know, they'd uh, wasn't unheard of. They'd spend you know twenty thousand and you know uh, just in wine. You know, for for a table of ten. So they they'd get in there, which is fun. Oh yeah, um, I'm sure. Yeah, and that was really cool. And they were very generous with the wine. So you're, you're getting to try some some really legendary shit that, you know, you're like, wow, I've only read about that wine and now I get to try it. This is cool. Oh, that um, is so cool. It, it is. It, yeah, it's uh, – it's, I'll be honest. I'm pretty lucky. You know, it's uh, – it, there's still an equal part of work that doesn't get, you know, all the humping, you know, boxes into the cellar and, and the, you know, the cellar ratting and having to speak about, you know, your PL numbers and presenting to ownership and presenting to, you know, accounts payable and all that stuff isn't really as fun. But that that actually brings up a good point. So I was going to ask just from the business aspect, how is your personal productivity tracked? So so a lot of it obviously, you know, in sales, uh, you know, cost of goods sold is a big one. And this is a, this is a subject uh, that a lot of sommeliers I feel overall need to get a lot better. Um, 
because you know, from from you nailed it on the head. In order to show your value to a restaurant, there has to be something you know, uh, quantit you know, quantitative. You got to show where you're at. You know, I brought in this much money. This is my staff. This is my overhead. This is what labor was. So, so this all makes sense. So I'm under this amount, right? This is how much money we're yielding on the wine itself. And uh, you know, and the biggest thing to pad with that, the biggest value. You know, it, it, it's how are you treating everyone? You know, what's going on? And a lot of that is, is how you are as a sommelier, how are you as a floor man? How are the stories? How's everything else going? Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for tracking, you know, all my cost, all my numbers, doing all my inventory. Um, you know, there's a lot of that, making sure, you know, bottles aren't walking off anywhere and making sure bartenders aren't overpouring everything, you know, making sure someone's there late and they're like, wow, I want to, you know, drink some wine. So it's, there is a lot of tracking and there's a lot of it, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I feel it's super important to the job. You got to be able to show your value, you know, and, and to me, that's running that whole department. Cause if they have you and then they have someone doing your books and numbers and everything else, you, you know, what are you worth? Are you really worth that extra money? Are you worth anything to the restaurant? Really? You know, you could just be an hourly employee. So, yeah, that's what, you know what, just hearing your answer too, that reminds me of just like how, when it comes to a bottle of wine, like how it's artsy and it's beautiful, but at the same time, there's a lot of like sweat that goes behind it, like all the way from just growing the grape, you know, you know, where it's just like, yeah, it'd be, it's a pretty prestigious thing to own a vineyard, but it's like, man, you're out there, you're working, you know, it's, it takes a lot of hard labor. And like you were just talking about even being a sommelier, you know, it's a pretty prestigious position. You know, uh, but yet you're sitting here and you're having it, like you said, loading trucks of, you know, of crates of wine and all this stuff. And there's just so much more to it than what people <laughs> think. And that's why here at Just a Couple Dudes, that's why we really wanted to talk to you about this, because it's like we know there's uh, an unspoken part to this job. Yeah, no, there's a. Uh... There is, there totally is, you know, and uh, I, I feel also as a sommelier, you have to, you know, you have to respect the work. Okay, so it, it's so easy, and and this is another thing about a lot of collectors and a lot of, you know, wine people and everything else. I feel like they're so quick to say when something sucks, right? This wine sucks, and this wine's bullshit, and you should drink this, and you should do that. Yeah. Exactly. This is bullshit. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like but, uh, a movie in the first five minutes. Like you have to watch the whole thing to give it a real judgment. How are you gonna walk out of a movie in an hour? What if the be what if the best part's the second hour? No, totally. You know, but it's you know, uh, you know, but there's there's someone behind that wine. This is someone's life's work. This is someone, you know. There's a lot. There's there's some stories where it doesn't happen that way. Someone inherited something. They had a silver spoon in their ass, and they got this giant winery. Good for them, yep. you know. And, and uh -huh. I'm not saying the wines are bad or anything, but you also have people that literally, um, I don't know, uh, Jonathan Kaplan, right? Literally, he got in his car, he drove to Napa. The car like pretty much broke down on the way, and he just like landing on an island and burning the ship and like, let's see what happens. And, and he made it. He's making compelling wines. You know, uh, Maggie Harrison of Antica Terra, you know, she literally bothered Manfred and Lane Crankle at Senequinon over and over and over and over and over for a job. She called like every week. She would fax them. She'd do everything. She didn't know anything about what she, she was in crisis. Uh, I think it was crisis resolution or, or conflict resolution, excuse me. Um, is what she did. She was supposed to go work for the president. And she left it all to go make wines. Like she literally left everything, left everything comfortable, took a shot at it. Um, and now she's making some of the most compelling, I'd say probably the best Pinot Noir um, in the new world. Uh, she definitely has an argument, a stake there for that, you know, and, and her beginnings weren't, weren't so big. But the point I'm getting at is that, is that these people put their life, their life's work into making this product this thing and every year and every year is different and they have to make sure you know that they're doing their best and their best foot forward and also from you know from a financial standpoint you only really have one shot every year to make all your money for that year and then next year you yeah. gotta do the whole thing again and budget it and and it's just sometimes it's kind of sad for people to be like oh this wine's complete shit you know and it's like man this person gave everything and they, yeah. they have they have the fucking balls to put it out there uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like their, their life, their whole life. Like you said, it's kind of old school, like back when the farmers and stuff with, you know, they had the harvest and then they had just a few months to sell everything, you know, and it's, it's totally, it's exciting and it's scary for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and everyone's so quick to, to judge and it's, you know, it's kind of sad, you know, that, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some wines out there that someone needs to grab the winemaker and, and the owner and everything by the scruff of the neck and be like, look, <laughs> Quit manipulating your wines. Quit doing this. People don't need more 
17%, you know, whatever the hell it is. But so there are some wines and there's a place for that. But, but I think it's, um, I think wines become a bit of a social weapon and I think that needs to go away. You know, there's a lot of, uh, Oh, I know more than you do. And how Mm -hmm. much do you know about wine? And then the negative effect of it is that, people get scared to talk about wine. They get scared to, they get, and this is just, it's intimidating. Yeah, it is. It is. And and it shouldn't be, you know, and this is humanity in general, right? The best way to learn is to fall on your ass. If you want to, everyone that I mentor, I say this, if you want to learn, fall straight on your fucking nose and make it ugly, you know, because mm-hmm. you'll learn from it and it's, it's not the end of the world. So you fell on your nose. Great. Your nose will heal. Everything will be fine. You'll look normal again one day, you know, but that knowledge you now have that you wouldn't have had, had you not done that. You know, and but everyone's they don't want to look stupid and they feel intimidated. And, and I just it's just yeah, it, it just it sucks. It sucks that people have to feel elitist and, and have to feel so there's so many know. life lessons like that you've brought up related to wine. Like it's just funny. Everything in life, I think, can be related to a day to day. You've talked with so many things about having candor and being able to read people and being able to still do a good job and, and be treated like shit, which is an absolute skill. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. yeah. something I've struggled with my whole life. Right. And I still struggle with it, you know? Yeah. And then also on top of that too, it's also, you know, going after what you really, really want to do in life. Like, like you said, it could have been so easy for you to pursue engineering, you know? And I feel like that's why so many people in society are facing depression and anxiety. And it's because they're not doing ex- what they really want to do in life. You know, it's maybe, they, you know, well, I'll make more money if I do that, or my parents wanted me to do this. And, and so that's why I do it. It's just so exciting to hear you just like, like a cowboy riding into the West, just like guns <laughs> in the air. Like, no, I want to be, small yay and and you're like got this such a laissez-faire attitude about it it's awesome dude i, I oh, actually well, picture you. him instead of a cowboy in the west i picture him like with a big carriage with a couple <laughs> horses kind of going from town to town selling the wine but it's a black steed yeah, they're, they're, yeah they're, it's yeah, a exactly. powerful horse yeah, he's got yeah. a big lantern right that's real bright he never gets shot up because he always makes it out right because if you're a cowboy back then you all die right your, your lifespan was not long Fucking awesome, that's man. what i that's what i picture <laughs> yeah, there we go i like it that might have been the greatest two minutes of my life hearing that. We got to talk other men up. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Shit. All right. I'm going to go out and buy a carriage. I'll, I'll see you guys. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, dude. Uh, oh yeah. Keep going. No, no, totally. But, uh, so yeah, it's, um, so, okay. So you also asked about, uh, the best part of, of helping people out the best part of, um, you know, uh, I, I think you asked Jesus to go back a little bit. You said something about a uh, sports star, and then you said best part of helping people out and giving them a good experience and everything else. So to touch on that, I mean, uh, I, I think number one, you got to listen. You know, it, it, it all stems from that. I mean, you could have all the wine knowledge in the world. You could know everything about everything. and But some people just don't want to hear it, you know. And, and that's that's where I think the, the mental fortitude, because sometimes, you know, you have to go for it. You have to talk. They want to be entertained. They want to hear everything. They want to learn. And, and those are great tables, you know? Then there's other tables that, you know, you have, you know, you have an elevator pitch. You have 15 seconds to, to sell them on something, you know, and, and you, you better get something compelling out of your mouth and, and into their head. And, and then after that, you know, you might not get any feedback until the very, very end, you know, where, where they're like, okay, fuck off. We want to eat. Okay, cool. And then, then you're away from it. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but you got to be able to decipher that because I don't think there's any bigger turnoff in the sommelier field than someone that doesn't want to hear about something. And you're like, well, let me tell you about this, you know? And, mm-hmm. and they're like, they're like, look, dude, I got, I got this good looking lady with me or this other dude or whatever it is, whatever's going on. But I, I want to enjoy dinner with them. You know, I don't want you to be the focus, you know? And, and it's, you know, you got to be able to say, okay, you know, some, same thing. Sometimes a, a guest will say something that's wrong, you know, and, you know, you really got to think about that. You know, is it, you know, and, and here we go. I guess another life lesson, right? You can be right or you can be happy, you know? So, yeah. so you, can, you can sit there and you can correct someone and fuck you, you're wrong. And here's the evidence and this and that. Or you could triage the situation and be like, you know what? Is Do do I really need to fight this out? You know what? You're right. There, There is reasoning grown in Burgundy. You know, it's I, I'm an asshole, <laughs> you know? So, you know, I and, so I, I feel like I'm going to start saying that even though I'm not a small A and I don't know anything about wine. I'm like, yeah, you're right. There is reasoning in Burgundy. <laughs> I, think, I just Please love that. I, I think I will. I'll be like, yeah, oh, my, good, so my good, good buddy Jason taught me that one. Well, well another you, thing, Appreciate another thing that's kind of hard is that 
you know, we talk about taste and things like that, but it, it is it is subjective. Like if someone really could drink bottom of the barrel, you know, moose piss wine and say they like it, like how much can you actually argue that anyways? Right? If they sure. truly believe they like it, no, I don't know, and, right? And, and see, in my opinion, stuff like that, I mean, you know, you can you can have an opinion. You can say, you know, your piece is a sommelier, but I mean if someone really likes something, it's uh you know, hey, good for them. You know, I don't. For example, one of now this is this is one that I'm really passionate about. I feel like a lot of salmies really suck at food and wine pairings, like mm-hmm. really suck. Right? They, you know, they get they get this wild hair up their ass about this wine's going to be really good with it, and and it's not. You know, it's quite the opposite. You know, and then they're you know, and then you know, you'll ask them, where did you get the idea for this? Oh, I just thought it'd be cool. Like there's there's nothing behind it. There's no analysis of structure. There's no analysis of the food. What's chef doing? What works together? What are the relationships? I mean, food and wine pairing. If if you really do it right, it's one of those things that it's for one, it's seamless, which is awesome. It's kind of poetic. You know, it just it really works. There's a lot of balance. You take a bite of food, it makes you compelled to have that that drink of wine, and that drink of wine in turn makes you compelled to have another bite of food. And and there's so much synergy and harmony when you really get it right that it's it's not an easy thing. So so to me, all sommelier, well, everyone really, I guess, you know, knows the value of that, and sommeliers really should know the value of that. And there's there's more consideration that needs to be done, right? So you talked earlier about subjective. I think certain things about wine are subjective, and others aren't. You know, and me personally, what I like to stake my claim on is things that aren't as subjective. So, for example, not to go too far down the rabbit hole, right? Structure of a wine. Okay. So, you know, structures roughly, you know, when you roughly do it in, in the court and blind tasting, you have sugar, acetan, and alcohol complexity balance finish, right? So, th- those are kind of your, uh, your segments and everything else that you're talking about, right? So, acidity in a wine, right, is never going to change. There, there's a total acidity figure that's an actual quantifiable scientific number that a lab can pull out. Yeah. So, there's this much alcohol, there's this much acid, there's this much tannin. You know, so to me, structure is, is you know, it's inelastic. You can't really argue that. Now, when you talk more flavors, so fruit flavors, right? You know, your raspberry is my strawberry is someone else's cherry, right? Who's to say who's right or not? And to me, I think getting into that minutia, there's not really a lot of value with that because you're not, you're saying something that someone else could interpret differently, right? Mm-hmm. But when you say, you know, okay, oh, you're going to get a lot of ripe, rich cherry, right? To me, that's... You know, it's a little thin as a description versus like, okay, you know, there's going to be, there's power, there's astringency, the wine has backbone, it's broad shouldered, it's brooding, there's good earth to it. You know, there's, you're saying a little more about, about things about the wine that, that are a little more, uh, you know, they're a little more permanent, a little more, you know, quantifiable versus, oh, I get chicory and, and dried plums and, you know, and which is, it's cool to get those things. But to me, there's not as much value. And, and I also feel like you sound like kind of like a pontificating person <laughs> if you're, you're just going on and on about about fruit flavors and everything else. That's uh, uh, a lot of wine journalists love to ham it up with stuff like that, and and I feel like there's no value in that. But anyways, yeah, I was gonna say that's a lot of what uh, I think the general public thinks that y'all do is what you just described, <laughs> right? I, I'm no. serious, yeah. Like I'm just being serious. That's, I feel like that's how you're viewed. Uh, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I know at some point I'm gonna I'm gonna have you describe maybe like your favorite. I know this is probably, you probably get asked this and it might annoy you, but like maybe like your favorite red or your favorite white under $75 and you on the show explain how you would explain it. Cause what I picture is like, Oh, you're heavy on the chicory. I get a lot of just thick white smoke in this, you know, <laughs> that's what I think of. So I want to, I'm interested to hear how you would describe it. Okay. Wow. All right. Um, so favorite white, favorite red under 75 bucks. Okay. So this is where that beast of burden comes in. So it's it's usually uh, wine for me. I feel is pretty situational, uh-huh. um, depending on what you're eating. Uh, the other big part people never talk about that makes a wine good is who the hell are you with and where are you at? Yeah, you know, you could you could have the same wine with some person that you've been attracted to forever. You finally have a breakthrough on some night. You guys are having good conversation. You're in this stunning, beautiful, sexy restaurant. You know, the lighting's perfect. Everything's just working out. That bottle of wine is going to taste way better oh, than if yeah. you were, you know, if you were, you know, in a tent with your buddy, you know what I mean? And you guys are scratching your balls and drinking the same bottle of wine. <laughs> you know, it's not, it, it's not going to have the same, the oh, same yeah. power, the same everything to it. So, so there's a lot of things of wine that are situational, which is, which is good and bad. Um, you know, and, so and let's there's describe a- the situation then. So let's say that you just got a bro, just a couple dudes, a guy that's on a date and it's a uh-huh. good night. 
and you're trying to make, and you're the one there that's trying to help this guy land more brownie points on this date. Okay, what oh, would so, you so I'm the sommelier at this point. You, you are, me. yeah. You, this is gotcha. you in a normal day. Okay, so so number one, what I would do, uh, I, I think an, another one that, that people overlook is there's usually one person that's talked about at a table about wine. If there's a couple and they're on a date, I like to include both of them. You know, uh-huh. like like hey. You know, what's going on? A lot of times if, if, if you know, I'll, okay, let's say I'm starting with a question, right? First, white or red, right? Okay, we want red wine. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll start at red, right? Um, okay, well, you know, do you want something a little bigger, a little more earthy? Do you want more fruit? You know, I'll ask a couple questions to feel them out, see where they're at. But sometimes, you know, they fall short. I don't know what I want. Or or my other favorite one, people say, oh, I love Pinots and Cabs, right? So they're, they're both pretty different wines. So I'm like, okay, I can bring you <laughs> anything. So that yeah. hasn't really helped me out too much, right? Uh, um so then, then you know what? I'm like, you know what? Let's go different, you know? Like, uh, okay, who's an actor or an actress you really love? You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, Ooh. okay. Okay, so how about that? Who's an actor you really like? Give me, give me someone. And I'll oh, uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> okay, perfect. Ryan Gosling, right? So, so, so Ryan Gosling, he did the new Blade Runner, right? He was, you know, he uh, did a good job. He was, you know, a little vacant, a little whatever, kind of, a, you know, a little bit of a badass in the movie. But he's also done The Notebook, right? So he's got the sensitive side. He's got everything else, okay? Uh-huh. So al- already in a wine, I'm thinking of something that has some power, but it, it's, not, it's not looking to flex on everybody. It doesn't have the hat backwards in the gym screaming at everyone who's, who's bench pressing, right? It's this got is, some humbleness to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got some depth. It's got some, something interesting, all right? Yeah. So already I'm thinking, number one, I, I want something kind of in the middle. I want some balance. I probably, me personally, I probably want something with a little bit of age to it. So a little refinement, that tapping in a little more of that notebook and everything else that he has going on. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a handsome dude. I'll give him that, right? I, I oh, wouldn't yeah. say he's, uh, he's my type, per se, right? But, um, <laughs> who, <laughs> right? Who is, how is he not anyone's type? Like, the guy, have you seen Crazy Stupid Love? He lands every uh, chick. I haven't. He lands every oh. chick. Well, then, I, I need to watch this movie and put this in my head. Yeah, you don't even, yeah. You know? Yeah, expand so, your mind on Ryan Gosling, dude. I know, right? <laughs> you know what? If, when I go to study, I'm going to watch movies, and everything will work out with a master's exam. I like this. So, um, there you go. So yeah, so something in the middle, right? So I'd, I'd probably go like, okay, something classic. I'd go Bordeaux, right? So I'd be looking at Bordeaux. I'd start talking already. You know, I'd start describing, okay, there's going to be some power, some good black fruit to it. Um, and notice I'm not saying, oh, there's there's uh, cassis and current and everything. I just, I'll say kind of the color, rough description. I might say the condition of fruit because I feel like that's important. But actual fruits itself, you're going to get people hung up on it. And there's so much more I want them to see about the wine, right? So uh-huh. I'd say, you know, th- there's going to be like, you know, like snappy tart black fruit. Um, there's going to be some good power to it. So you're going to get a lot of earth, some compost. Um, there's going to be a good amount of oak to it as well. So a little vanilla cinnamon, um, you know, and then I'll kind of transition that and how that works with something, you know, at, at which point I probably talked about food. So let's say, I don't know, 28 day dry age ribeye, right? So already you have a ribeye, you're dry aging it. So you're going to get these nice funky tertiary flavors. You're, you're lessening the, the, the water, basically dehydrating the meat. So it's concentrating all the flavors. It is 28 days. So there is going to be a little bit of a, like a nice funky element mm-hmm. to that, which really reflects well with something from the old world, right? So Bordeaux, it's uh it's dry farm. So they're not irrigating out there. Um, you know, it is more earthy. They're relying on, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the earth to, to make the wine a little more. I'm not saying there's not people in the new world that are doing that, but but as a very rough general nutshell, so we don't spend the whole conversation on this one wine, right? Um, but yeah, so so I talk about, you know, Bordeaux and, and this is, you know, kind of the fruit stuff and this is where it goes and this is where it works together. It's got some power. It's awesome. It's supple. It's delicious. It's, it's kind of, you know, right where you need. And I'd leave it Somewhere simple like that, as opposed to going, I guess that answer wasn't simple, but um. no, no, you know, what? it was simple. It was a long, a long, but simple answer. But I, you know what? I loved it. Like that to me is the experience, that life that I was talking about in a bottle of wine earlier, you know, that's what makes wine so interesting to me, you know, and make me want to learn more about it. And that's part of the reason we reached out to you is, and it's just so cool that you were so much cooler than what we expected. I'm not even <laughs> Oh, I know that you. sounds thank terrible. You. You I know, know that sounds man? terrible I mean, to other sommeliers, I, yeah. but you know, we're just a couple guys that you know we enjoy craft beer, we enjoy nice wine, but you know that's not our life, you know. Yeah. And, and so we wanted someone that we could connect with and bring down to uh, the everyday kind of language, and that's exactly what you did. That was like such a perfect description, man. It was awesome. No, yeah, and it's and, and this is the fun thing is wine. You know, 
in order to describe wine like that, though, you have to have a really good understanding of it, right? And mm-hmm. I feel this is another one where people feel, oh, I know just enough. Wine's kind of like poker, right? Everyone overvalues how good they are. You know, you hear someone about poker, they're like, oh, I'm great at it, and they get their ass cleaned out, right? You know, and it's – um. I feel like wine's kind of the same way. People know a few producers. They know a few things. Um, even even servers that have come in or captains, excuse me, that have come in for interviews before throughout the years of me being in a restaurant. You know, one of the questions I always put, there's a few good questions that should be on on applications, by the way. Uh, number one, a good one we had for years was uh, Phil Collins, great singer, greatest singer. And we just wanted to see their response, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, if, if you know, uh, what is your spirit animal? You know, just, just to get an idea of personality and everything else that they had, right? And another one I said is I said, okay, zero through 10, you know, zero being nothing and 10 being a master sommelier, where do you rank your prowess with wine? And you'd be surprised how many nines and eights you got. I oh, got, yeah. you know, everyone. And then I'm like, oh, okay, nine, eight. Okay, tell me about St. Emilion. Tell me about something. Uh, well, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah, and nothing, right? Oh, we used to have Canyon Road, you know, by the glass at my last place. And, you know, and it's, uh, you're like, okay, you know, let's try this again, you know? And, and to me, the, the answer I love when someone's coming in for a job or doing something is saying, you know what, zero, I don't know anything, you know? And I love that because it's, you know, because they're willing to learn, they're not scared. You know, that, that humble thing is already intact and everything, and it's just it's so refreshing, right? But, you know, back to describing wine, there needs to be a good, clear-cut understanding. And you don't need to make it so rich, and it doesn't need to be that way. And you can have fun with it, like like the actor thing or, you know, or whatever it is. There's other things you can equate it to. You know, I'll ask them, okay, you know, if, uh, if you could go visit anywhere in the world, where would you go visit? Oh, I'd go to, I don't know, Bali. Okay, well, let's break that into a wine or, or whatever it is. You know, there's a lot of good ways to get around it, describe it, and make it fun you know, and, and palatable, you know, and, and just kind of take the asshole out of it, you know, and that, that's, that's, I think the, the biggest part of success, you know, just get the fuck over yourself for a minute, but get. Yeah. I was going to say, absolutely, man. That's, that's cool. Uh, Frank, I know you wanted to say something. Yeah. So another thing too, that this show is about Jason is about supporting good men. So we just wanted okay. to talk about, I mean, you're a husband, right? Obviously sounds yes. like a pretty humble guy, well-balanced, you know, you promote, I saw it was like your nine year anniversary or something on Instagram. I thought I saw, uh-huh. was that, was that you? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, somewhere there. Anyways, carry okay, on. <laughs> okay. Can you g- give me a couple good male role models in your life? Couple good male role models in my life. All right. Yeah, that, and then maybe if you could even add, if you could give some advice to some people and some, you know, pursuing your dreams or doing what you want or becoming an expert, you know, adding sure. to that. You know what? Okay. So one who kind of hits both, who's pretty good, uh, Bobby Stuckey, right? So Bobby okay. Stuckey, he's a master sommelier. Uh, he owns Frasca, like the whole Frasca wine group in Colorado. He's actually from Arizona. Um, his, uh, his first job was at uh, Rancho Pino uh, here in town uh, with Tom Kaufman and uh, Krista. Uh, Kaufman, uh, well, whatever last name is now, they're not together anymore. Um, but he was like an old punk rocker with green hair. <laughs> you know, he was wanted to skateboard and wanted to do whatever. Uh, the first time he ever drank wine was when he was valeting cars for someone um, anyhow, long story short, right? He was underage uh-huh. bus boy, but the guy <laughs> now is, oh, it is. He is such a force now. You know, he's, he's a, a very well-revered master sommelier. I mean, he's, he's done Ted talks before he's done all these other things. And the guy will clear your plates. The guy will bust your table. The guy will fetch your coat. The guy will literally do anything that needs to be done in a restaurant. He'll do whatever needs to be done to give someone that experience. He is the greatest floor sommelier in the world right now. Um, and his wow. attention to detail, the, 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 the love that he gives everyone, you know, he, he let me go stage at his restaurant. This was one of those pivotal moments in my career that let me know, okay, this I'm on the right path and this is what I want to do was going and staging at Frosca. Um, you know, and, and everything about him, you know, he, he sent me with shirts. He made sure I was fed. He opened cool bottles of wine. He'll check in on me every now and then. Like mm-hmm. the guy just, he just cares about fucking humanity and it's, it's so awesome to see, you know, and it's, uh, things like that. People like that to me, I, I feel appeal more, um, you know, with what's going on, everything else than, uh, you know, kind of anyone else. So he's, I think he's a great one. There, there's some podcasts out there with him. Uh, he is definitely worth listening to. He's definitely, uh, definitely worth checking out. I think he's a good role model, um, for people to aspire to. Um, yeah, I know. I'm definitely going to look him up now. He sounds, uh, that sounds awesome. It sounds very interesting. 
Yeah, he is. And he's like, he's got this, you know, this chiseled look and he's got this great cleft in his chin. So he looks almost like a cartoon character, but he's, yeah, he's, he's such. Just, he's what you picture a man should be, you know, right? and, and right. character and in looks. So yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, I feel like he could go fishing out in the woods somewhere, you know, and, uh, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and then tell you, you what know. wine to pair with that fish that that trout exactly. just got. Yeah. Cool. Well, I just rustled this bear down. We're going to have this wine with it, you know. So yeah, Exactly. Let's go eat raw meat and pee on stuff. So, uh, <laughs> yes. so let me see who will. God, I've never I've never had this question. This is a really good one. Well, um, I mean, that was a good answer. If you can't think of anybody else. I mean, that's totally cool. You know, I, I might circle back to this one later, but right now as it stands out, Stucky's a big one. I, I feel that really stands out. I feel the other people are, they're kind of people personal. You know, if I said like, oh, my old man was pretty cool or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, cool. But, you know, you can't look that up or vet that or anything else. So I feel, well, anyhow. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. Well, I know, uh, well, is there anything you would like to say when it comes to, uh, maybe they were talking to someone that's in their 20s or their 30s, or maybe they're in their 40s, and they're just kind of like, they're kind of, you know, right now, everyone's had a lot of time for self-reflection because uh-huh. we're all, you know, this quarantine. Is there anything you could just say to everyone out there, if you could just say one thing? One thing, um, you know. Or one I message. Mean, yeah. Sure. Uh, you know, I think this thing's going to end. Don't, uh, you know, don't stop. Don't stop pursuing anything. I think if there's anything, I think right now is a big indication that, that you know, we don't know what's happening. Um, you know, anything could happen. Anything could be taken away. Anything, you know, it's everything's kind of uncertain. So to me, if there's anything you're on the fence about doing, if there's anything else you've ever wanted to try and never had the stones to go do, fucking get up and go do it. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, you know, don't be scared. If you fail, great. You know, there's it, every time you fail, you're going to learn something. Oh, so, absolutely. So to me, anything you try to do, there, there's two great outcomes. Either you attain what it is you're trying to do or you learn something so that there's never a negative in taking a shot at anything. Dude, so, uh, that's perfect, man. That's exactly, uh, I love it. Those are right in your own words and everything. So if someone wanted to find out more about you, do you have like a website or Instagram or... Yeah, I have an Instagram. It's uh, jcab sommelier. Uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, so uh, you know, just jcab and then sommelier. I guess it's not really uh, super complicated. Um, I'm on Facebook also. I, I don't really throw a whole bunch of myself out there. You know, no, yeah, yeah. I don't have like a website or anything else. Um, but if they but wanted yeah. to get your personal advice, they could go into Maple and Ash, isn't that right? Yeah, totally. Anytime. So yeah, uh, you know, whenever we're back up and running and everything else, you'll find me at Maple and Ash. Uh, there are five nights a week. I've got a team of sommeliers with me. Uh, you know, I've got a couple really good guys. Uh, I have Troy, another one of my psalms. He's advanced. I have Daniel. He's a certified. And I have Evan, who's certified also. Some of the some of the greatest human beings I've ever met. They're some of the some of the most charismatic and caring. And they kind of share the passion, which is really good. Because a lot of times you go to places and you're like, oh, you know, it's I like that guy. I don't like this guy. I like that psalm. I don't like this psalm. I feel we're we're super well rounded, um, and everyone just really cares about about people coming in and dining. That that it, it's almost any sommelier you meet any night is is gonna knock your socks off. It's gonna be the greatest experience. So, um, yeah, you know. So it's uh, you know, what what sets uh, Maple and Ash apart? Like, if you had to sell that restaurant. So I think the biggest thing with Maple and Ash is that uh, God, there's there's a few things. Um, one of the things I think that we like is we really we really care about the details. We really care about custom. Uh, everyone seems to be nowadays about cutting corners, especially for for a fiscal decision, right? Um, for example, we we do live candles on every table every night, right? Our candle budget is estimated to be sixty thousand dollars this year. Wow. So. For fucking wax and string, right? We're gonna pay sixty. Wow. But it is it is unbeatable the the ambiance that it gives. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I I might be misquoting here, but I'd say as as humans, we've probably been comfortable with electricity what for the last hundred years, give or take. You know, before that, we've been hardwired forever that that fire that you know that that was the light source that was we cooked with it. We live with it. It, it, it was, there's like this life essence, everything about it was so important. So I feel there's like- something about fire that just automatically. And I think it's like what you just talked about, you know, since the beginning of a species, it gave us comfort, you know, it gave us yes. food. And so, yes. yeah, it absolutely does give a setting. Yeah. It also, uh, it also restricts the blue light, right? The blue light that's, uh, given by like artificial lighting. 
So yeah. without that, you're able to like actually re- relax, get the melatonin stimulated and enjoy the evening even more. So there is some science behind that. Uh, plus, it's not a direct fiscal because uh, a CPA, not a CPA, but a MBA would go in there and be like, we're cutting candles because we can get cheap lights. But you don't understand three steps later, that is part of the bigger picture, which I think is so cool. No, 100%. You know, and there's a lot of things we do that, that don't make sense from a financial standpoint, you know, uh, that a lot of other restaurants might not do. But to us, it's important. You know, we'll we'll come out. We'll do. OK, if you gentlemen come in, we're going to do caviar bumps, right? So uh-huh. usually I'm going to go get a thing of beluga caviar. I'm going to come table side. We're going to relive the 80s a little bit. I, you know, I'm going to give you a little little caviar in the snuff box, which I guess is a, is a doctor expression, that little little space in your in your hand between your index and thumb. And it is. I, I actually use it when I uh, document on patients, the snuff box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard it the other day and it cracked me up. I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard, right? So I will load you up with this with this good-sized bump of caviar. You know, we'll sit there and enjoy it, not up the nose. Uh, just enjoy yeah, it. I know, right? That's yeah, exactly I'll, what I thought. When you said bump, I was uh, my mind immediately went to cocaine. Oh well, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the play on that we're taking. You know, I'll, I'll, oh, I'll yeah. bring you guys some some champagne, and that's that's how we're going to start everything. Caviar is expensive. Champagne's expensive. You know, and and just uh, because yeah. we want you, we want to disarm you. We want to be at ease. You know, and uh, you know that's a big part of it. Right when you sit down, one of the first things we do is is we we comp a, a cocktail for you. Right. So immediately you sit down. The first thing you hear before anything else happens is the shaking of a tin. A captain's coming over. You know they're they're pouring you a cocktail. So immediately when you sat down, because I feel a lot of people like I want a drink. I want this. I want that right away. I mean, your first interaction with with the captain that comes over and greets them or greets you is getting you a cocktail in front of you. So you have something to drink. And then oh, that's immediately beautiful. afterwards, yeah. Then immediately afterwards. Within two minutes, you have bread service, and then we do what's called swarm, right? So it'll it'll be an assortment of stuff. Uh, you know, before we close, one of the ones we had is, uh, you know, uh, breakfast radishes, a little uh, little ash butter. Um, we had some freshly shorn sopressata, Castelvetrano olives, you know, and these are hitting the table, and immediately they're there right away. And so within three minutes, four minutes of sitting down, you have a cocktail, and you have you have some nibbles, you have some bites and bread in front of you, you know, and and it's just kind of instant, you know, and then, and then if, if I, you know, for whatever inkling I'll have, for example, you guys come in, I'll probably come over with some sherry, right. And pour you some sherry. Cause that goes amazing with Castle Patrano olives. Right. So now you've got all these things kind of built in place. And a lot of people are not, not about taking care of people. They're not, you know, everything's kind of bottom line. And even in the way we cook, right. We cook over actual maple and ash hardwood. I mean, that's expensive. You know, we don't have a broiler. We don't, we don't cheat when we're cooking steak. You know, it's, we'd rather do the long and hard and better, Versus, well, you know, it's, let's say you lose 5% of flavor efficiency or 5% of anything, but you'll save 20% of money. We're not interested in that. We'd rather, mm-hmm. we'd rather spend the extra money, get that, that quality that's there. That quality. Yeah, exactly. You know, cause it's, I mean, ultimately that's what it is. We're, we're not getting rich off people coming in once we're getting rich because, you know, this is your go-to you're coming in more frequently and and it's you know and it's synergistic and it's i think authentic is the biggest thing we also don't have any uh, any rules on the way people interact with tables if you want to if you want to fucking curse get in there i mean now the idea is not this isn't what we are it's not what we're doing but if it's if the situation calls for it do it if there's something that would make someone's night the best it could be don't feel bad about it. Just do it. Just do it for them. And we'll, we'll deal with it later. You know, if it's, if it's money, if you want to buy them something, if you, whatever it is, great, do it. it it's always guest first. And there's so many places that aren't guest first. It's, uh, it's meant to be like, we want them to feel like they're guests first, but really it's us first, you know, and, and we're the opposite. So yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. And I'm just, I'm so excited we got to talk to you today because uh, we're actually starting a new segment called Getting to Know AZ. And we're talking to local breweries and, you know, sommeliers like yourself and wine shops, cigar shops. And and uh, so I'm so excited that you are our first, you know, sommelier, uh, advanced sommelier, pursuing his master sommelier there at uh, the Maple and Ash. And uh, dude, I appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You gentlemen are fantastic. Thank you. Hey, you yourself, man. So to all our listeners, if you want to listen to this podcast, you know, you can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or uh, here at Podbean. Um, but if you want to follow us on Instagram, uh, you can find us at j.a.k.dudes uh, podcast. So uh, this was a fun episode. I'm glad we got to meet Jason and uh, y'all have a good day.
All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Uh, later, man. Yeah. We'll see you guys later.